episode 129 of the Bevan James Isle Show. Remove that distraction. Right, our team, welcome along to episode 129 of the Bevan James I'll Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so that you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Team, I've had an absolute mare. Um, I, I basically, a lady I know called Laura, who's a doctor, is a listener of the show. And she uh, was, she's in Christchurch and I know her from the gym and she was saying she loves the show and um we just had a bit of yarn because she's really passionate about kind of incorporating fitness into health and these types of things. And so I said to her, let's get you on the show. Let's get let's do an interview because I think what she was talking about was really applicable to what we do here on this podcast. And so she came around last Tuesday and we did the interview and it was a great interview and I was pretty excited to get it up for you here this week. And then on Saturday I sat down to do the processing of the show and my SD card, which I record the show onto, decided to die and it was so frustrating. Um, <laughs> like I basically spent the next three hours trying to find out if I can recover it in any way, shape, or form. I was on the internet doing searches. I downloaded some programs. And the worst thing was I downloaded some programs where, you know, you can kind of try to get the files off broken devices, you know, so like off broken hard drives or SD cards. And they it did work. I was able to get many files off it except for the interview with Dr. Laura. So it was a very frustrating weekend for me in that way, but at the same time, such is life. And the good thing is, is Laura has said, look, she can do it again, which is pretty cool. So Laura, if you listen to us, thank you very much. And so my interview with Dr. Laura will be in the next episode. And if it's anything based on what we did in the last interview that got lost, and, and it will be a similar kind of subject, some really good insight in there around someone in the, in the field of medicine and thinking about health and fitness and so look forward to that interview in a couple weeks time uh so today is very much i kind of had to pull together a show very quickly kind of i always say pull something out my butt (laughs) and i kind of have had to pull something out my butt today and there's probably three i don't know if it's going to be the longest show of all time today although often when i say that i end up talking forever so basically i'm going to talk about three little subjects one before the main gist and then two kind of areas within the main gist of the show one is based on an experience i had with one of my runners the other day and who's actually a patron of the show and then another one is um my mate sean sent me through an email about um distraction with phones and there was an article that he recommended and i it's a good article and, and let's be honest most of us nowadays struggle with that sense of I'm spending too much time on my phone so um, I thought well because I'm pulling things out of my butt today I may talk about that I think both subjects will probably have some good insights in there for you so um, before I get into the major to show the first thing I want to talk about is the enjoyment of actually there's a couple of things I want to talk about so first of all if we go back to the last episode that I did and if you haven't listened to it I've had some really good feedback on that last episode uh, which was the one where I talked about the Australian cricket team cheating and that whole sense of values and self um, and the, the different differentiation between performance values and moral values and I was talking about how the you know Jim Lauer in his book how to win get you to challenge yourself to assess or really sit in 
two value or a value or characteristic he says a characteristic for two weeks and when i did that show i'd worked on focus for two weeks and i think i talked about one of my clients working on gratefulness and and then as that show had finished i just transferred into love and it was really interesting for me to go through two weeks of my life just focusing on how do i improve love in my life and love you know when you think about that 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 can be broken down into many different areas so you know little things like when i'm coaching how do i express love towards this person now that's a different thing towards my wife and it was quite interesting because my wife came up to me after about five days she didn't know that i was trying to focus on improving love in my life she said what's up what's up she was almost slightly suspicious of <laughs> the way i was acting because she said it's, it's like we're young it's like when we started again and i was like oh and at first i didn't want to tell her because i didn't want her to feel that i was a kind of a not a game but it was just a focus that i had and, and i wanted her to feel that but then i kind of she i ended up telling her and she could she said oh you can see that it's happening she said well you need to maintain this in the long term because i really like this place and it was just really interesting that my world had the ability to kind of pick up on this so there was kind of the love of my wife the love of the people who i connect with in my life um my love of my life uh, so there's just these little moments where i was kind of like i remember coaching and it was actually i coached on a day where it was hailing so really bad weather but people turned up and it was it was kind of a miserable morning but one of those ones where as an athlete and as a coach is really quite rewarding so i kind of just had a moment where i was like man, I, I love that I get to be the person who's here right now. Um, so there's just lots of little discoveries. And so if you didn't listen to that last episode or you didn't take on the kind of the homework, I don't really give you guys homework, but kind of the homework of that episode, I highly recommend going back and really having a listen and then really aiming for yourself to choose an area of characteristic and now it can be a performance characteristic or it can be a moral characteristic but i really think it's a, there's so much value in doing this because i'm discovering two things that i'm discovering as i put a focus onto a different characteristic so i learned about focus in my first two weeks in the last two weeks i've learned about love i'm about to move into honesty because it's one of my moral characteristics that i hold really highly and i'm actually really interested about honesty because i'm actually a pretty honest person uh, and when we think about honesty we could say well integrity you know i'm honest you know i'd never steal or, you know all these types of things but but more importantly i'm honest about myself to those around me and there are some things that could be revealed in in this next couple of weeks and and not not in kind of massive ways but just little things you hold back that maybe hold back the connection in other relationships so um that that was it's been i'm just finding it to be a really powerful tool and i'm finding what's happening with this set by spending two weeks focusing on one area of characteristic i am evolving in that area like i do feel i have a deeper understanding of love and focus from the first month of doing this but then the next thing that's really cool about it is that what i learned in that two weeks doesn't diminish after the fact so with focusness i have got a lot better you know like the but the lessons i learned in those first two weeks they haven't dropped away like they've kind of stayed in place so the the kind of deeper discovery and the evolution that i learned in those two weeks has maintained as i moved into the focus of love and it's a really good thing 
to know because, uh, you know, as I keep going through these two-week patterns, and that's what I talked about in the show a couple last time, was this is evolution. And, you know, to me, a part of wisdom is to be able to apply the knowledge and understanding you have in the world. You know, it's one thing to read a book and say, oh, yeah, I get that. But it's another thing to say, and I apply it. And to me, that's wisdom. To me, is the intelligence I have and the understanding I have how, of how to live my life well and how to have a bigger impact on the world, can I actually do that? And that's what I'm discovering is this next step in this process is that I'm learning higher level lessons about myself. And as I learn them, I'm able to maintain them. And then when I think about my future, I'm pretty excited to see what they can bring to my future. So that's just, again, listen back to the last episode. Um, the second thing I want to talk about before we get into the main gist of today's show, and, and this is a bit of a random one, is just my love of watching the Commonwealth Games. We've had the Commonwealth Games now. This is very much a global audience with the Bevan James Isles show, so many of you may not like the American listeners and places around the world that aren't part of the Commonwealth may not really understand what the Commonwealth Games is. It's kind of a lesser level Olympics. Uh, it's very much based around the Commonwealth countries. And in these countries, or at least in New Zealand, and I imagine most of the other countries within the Commonwealth, that it's, it's quite a big sporting event. It's pretty much outside the Olympics and um, specific events like the Rugby World Cup. It's kind of the big event, you know, that happens kind of every four, four years. And I just, yesterday I had a really great day of watching the best of sport. And um, it was a high drama day. So kind of five things happened in this day. We had the marathon. And the marathon was very fascinating because you had this guy from Scotland who was winning by about two minutes, which is significant in the marathon, especially towards the end. He had 2K to go. So he's doing 42Ks. He had 2K to go, which basically means he had about seven minutes to go in the race. You know, for those guys that are probably doing under three and a half minute Ks. Um, so he probably had about six or seven minutes to go in the race and he'd won it. And the poor guy crumbled. The poor guy hit the wall exactly with 2K to go, literally next to the 2K mark. Um, And it was just sports drama at its kind of worst and best, you know. But just the ability for somebody to push himself to that point. And you could see he, he was literally lying on the ground and his will to want to go on was still there. But it's, it, there was nothing, nothing left. Like his head, he was trying to, he was basically next to a barrier, trying to pull himself up, and his body just would not let him, but his head wanted to. And it's such a, I find that such a fascinating moment, isn't it? It's such a mind blowing moment where you've pushed your body so hard that it can't go on, and you want to go on, and you're willing yourself to go on, and you can't. And there's that real kind of sports drama moment where he's lying on the ground trying to get up, and admittedly, the, the medics were took a while to get to him so it didn't it didn't necessarily look that good for the organizers and then the Australian guy came past and passed him you know to go on to win the race and it's just one of those moments of sports drama kind of in many ways just a really fascinating moment and then we had the netball final and the England versus Australia and another just amazing game of sport in England who were by far the underdog like the Australian netball team is just a legendary sports team and at this moment in the sport is very dominant. I don't know when the last time they lost a game, but it's very infrequent that they would lose a game. And England, traditionally, in netball, is a much lower team. And, you know, for England to get into the final, everyone had said they'd kind of already won their gold medal. 
and they just showed grit and determination and just steeliness, you know, and, and they literally won uh, after the buzzer because there was a penalty after the buzzer. So they won after the buzzer and just the elation, you know, you went from this drama of the marathon where, um, you know, just the kind of, the, the kind of drama of it it's hard to even put words into it and then to the elation of the netball and then uh, for New Zealand as we had the sevens final and it was just two great games of rugby sevens and the girls team won in overtime and and it was just this kind of seesaw battles and it's just you know it's, it's I don't watch a lot of sport I love sport I'm, I'm a big, you know obviously I love movement but I don't get to watch much sport because we don't pay for a sports channel at home here um and I'm I'm kind of busy so I don't, you know I kind of choose my sports that I want to watch I tend to watch a little bit of rugby league and a bit of rugby but other than and a bit of cricket but outside I don't tend to watch much sport but yesterday was just action-packed full of amazing sport and it just showed the best of sport and it was one thing I was talking to my wife Jo about I was just talking about how the one of the downfalls of being a spectator is you get involved in the drama like Man, I experienced emotion yesterday in, in kind of many shapes and forms. But one of the downfalls of being a spectator is you, you do really don't understand how challenging those moments are for people. And I was kind of saying it would be really cool if we could invent a device that made your body feel like what it felt like to be one of those athletes like at the end of the rugby sevens in the female game Australia who again was the favourites going into it not so much as the netball favourites but they were definitely the favourites and New Zealand were the underdogs um, but on the day New Zealand could beat Australia but most of the time Australia would win at this moment in time and uh, about three minutes into overtime, a New Zealand player, who was one of the older players in the team, got a runaway try. So basically from one end of the field to the other. And she, she maybe, I'm not quite sure if she thought of herself as the fastest runner. And she had three Australians just chasing her down. And she's just, at first she looks back and then she just goes for it. And she gets over the finish line and all her teams come out. And one, one person tries to pull her up and she was just like a a dead dummy, a dead weight, because she was just so exhausted. And she was literally like that for a, a good two or three minutes. And it's awesome watching that. But imagine being in that experience. Imagine being in that experience where you are just, you know, everything about your body is hurting as, as hard as it can possibly hurt. And, you know, within five seconds, 10 seconds from now, you're going to have an elation that you've never experienced before and um, you know and the want for that just drives you through something that you may not thought is possible and then you achieve that moment and to me that is one thing that we never know as a spectator we, we enjoy the emotion we, we get involved with it but we don't necessarily get that moment to the level that an athlete will get at the moment. And why am I sharing with this with you right now? Well, well, play sport. <laughs> like I really think having sport in your life. Like I talk about movement. I love movement and I fundamentally believe that your life is better if you have movement in it. And I really encourage you to have movement in it. But don't just have movement. Involve yourself if you can 
in sporting activities and it doesn't have to be team sport but any type of sport it can be running races it can be cycling races it can be swimming it can be athletics it can be team sport because sport helps you experience life like it really does like there's nothing like being in a race a running race to experience a higher level of self and if we go back to what I was talking about in the last episode this whole idea of you um you know you trying to find the evolution of your character well sport to me is one of the best ways in life to experience character you know as that girl sprinted towards the finish line she was digging deep into all her character to for a very special moment and as a spectator again we can experience that but when you're playing the sport you experience in the, in the deepest level and then there's also the, the the other side of sport like the Australian netball team losing that game they were by far the favorites they should have won it as I'm seeing this English netball team celebrating in the best way possible in the in the most amazing way possible and they're walking away in utter disappointment they have to learn about character at that moment and that's what sport can bring to your life sport brings to your life a deeper experience of life, a deeper opportunity to learn some really valuable lessons about yourself. And while I love watching sport, to me the better experience of sport is to participate in sport. And there's probably two, you know, I'm talking to different levels here. So so for those people out there doing sport, well, keep it up and, and deepen your experience. Go for, you know, look at sport as a way to deepen your character. And for those who maybe are fit but don't do sport, it's often, it's funny, I work at a gym and you see a lot of people who work at gyms or a lot of people come to the gym and they've got a really good exercise habit but they don't use it for sport. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you're moving, you're healthy, it's bloody good. But give sport a try. Because often if you're a gym bunny, you're often quite fit and you do quite well at sport. Um, But just give it a try. And I imagine it it will add a lot to your life. And then B, C, if you're the person who's doing nothing right now. Sport's a really good place to start. Now, you want to be really careful about how you start and finding the right environment, find the right team. Um, but really, sport is a really fun way, especially if you can find a good team environment that has the right kind of supportive setup around it. It can be a really good way for you to get involved. Because one thing we know that really helps people be successful in exercise is the importance of social. Now, if you're trying to start exercise by yourself, you are making it harder for yourself to be successful. But if you're starting exercise in a supportive environment, in a team social environment, the chances of you maintaining exercise goes up massively because your friends become the people you exercise with. And if the people who are the friends in your life and the activity you do together is sport or exercise, there's a higher chance you're going to exercise because you want to hang out with your mates. So that's why sport is adding value to your life. So my second point, again, today's going to be a very random show. I'm just going to throw lots of bits at you, uh, is look to include sport in your life. And, and I think to last year, you know, I did that um, my half marathon and I was, I was fortunate enough to win my category, which is really cool. It, it added so much to last year. Like one of my highlights of last year was doing a race and I haven't raced much in many years. And it was just a really valuable thing in my life. So again, add support to your life is your second point. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some music on because today's show is gonna very much be like this. And I, and I said it's gonna be a short show. 
and I've already talked for 20 minutes. So I don't know how short it's going to be, um, but I'm going to put some music on. Actually, before I do, I'm just going to say hello to a few patrons. So if you want to be a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. And what the patrons do is they just donate a little bit of money every time I release a show and adds a lot of value to what I'm doing here. It really does. And I'm just going to name a few patrons right now. And first one is uh, Holly, the go-getter Woodhouse. We interviewed her on a show a while ago, remember? She was a pretty good interview. We also have Sue, the only way is up chisel. We have Denise Adana, and it's Ab Fab. Nathan, the hurricane. We have Mary Jane, the magic Mariko. And then we have Katrina, the architect. Now, we also have a new one, and it's the person I interviewed last time, and it's Dr. Laura Pfeiffer. And... Laura is someone who's very, you're going to see when we put this interview on with her, she's A, knowledgeable. You know, like if you become a doctor, a medical doctor, man, there's there's so much respect. I have so much respect for doctors. A, look at the work they do. B, your intelligence is unbelievable. And C, your work ethic. Because the thing about being a doctor is it's not just that you've put you know, that you're intelligent enough to be able to be a doctor, man, those doctors, just to become a doctor, the effort they put in is unbelievable. Um, and then they go on, you know, to do some pretty important work. And so uh, Laura is a doctor, and she's a pretty impressive young woman. So I kind of thought to myself, Do- doctor. And, then you know, you think Dr. Doolittle, that ain't Laura. So I've gone with Dr. Do A Lot, Laura Pfeiffer. So because she's a doctor, she's like does... She runs, I think she did an ultra marathon last year. You know, she's just a pretty impressive woman. So, Dr. Do a lot, Laura Pfeiffer. So, there we go. She is a new patron of the show, and you're actually going to be listening to her in a couple of weeks' time. So, that's pretty great as well. So, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com and you'll see my Patreon link on the page, and you can just go from there. Anyway, here, let's get into the main gist of today's show. I was, I was coaching my crew the other week. Uh, sometimes it's funny when you're coaching your crews because uh, it was a pretty tough day at the office for most of our runners and it was partly because it was a bad weather day. It was quite a windy day that day and so there was a lot of... Uh, <laughs> If it, it was People were challenged and when it's it was cold, windy and you're just trying to get your people through the run and I'm coaching people and unfortunately I made a big mistake when I was coaching because they're doing this run which is an outback run and heading out they had a pretty bad head wind and then turning around it was almost like the wind was in their face again but as they kind of came around this bend which was about 3k from the finish I looked and I saw oh wicked they're going to have an amazing tailwind home so I was kind of saying to them look guys doesn't matter you've done the hard yard you've only got three or four k to go and when you get around this corner you're going to have a tailwind so it's going to be cruisy all the way home well when I got to the when, <laughs> as I headed back uh, along the kind of last bit it turns out that tailwind was only for about a 500 meter point and then they got back to another headwind so everyone was giving me a bit of a hard time about uh, <laughs> my advice at the moment and in fairness to them it was a good call because it was definitely not a tailwind for three or four k's and it was a bit of a, a bit of a moment of kind of comedy and within the crew but I was coaching the crew and one thing you're trying to do when you get to people with that tough moment is just trying to help them get through that moment and it's a really interesting thing that happens for people when they're exercising and maybe not just for exercise but in any area of their lives when they're really struggling um 
It's how do you get them through this in the wisest way possible? And because what can often happen in this moment is when we're in our toughest moment, we can make decisions that have a big influence on ourselves after that moment. And I have I have two real world examples right now. And one of them is a person that I know who's going through a very, very, very challenging work period. They work a very demanding job at the at the at the best of times. So they work in a job right now which expects a lot of them. And at the moment, and that's kind of the norm, and at the moment that's kind of increased times two or three. So they're very much in the deep end. And I was talking to them the other day and the thing about some big life decisions outside of work, and it's really obvious that they're kind of getting things a little bit wrong as they think about this. And um, and it's not my job to tell them to do it wrong. My job is just because I oh, do you think it's, you know, ask some questions to help them find their space. And what's happening is because they're so tired and fatigued, when they think about these other areas, they just don't have very good energy to be able to make good decisions. And I had a really good example of this on on this run and I even asked Libby Libby you, you know who you are because you'll be listening to this right now Libby's also a patron on the show I think it's Libby Allen uh, and Libby is so Libby is how would I describe her? Libby is someone who is a hardcore exerciser, uh, very much a social soul, a very good person to have in any kind of sporting group because she loves getting people involved, uh, always brings a bit of fun, uh, is a bit of a character, loves giving a bit of shit, which I like as well, um, and likes likes to challenge herself. And um, decided a couple of months ago to do the Christchurch Marathon. Now Libby has had an interesting experience in her running career, started out as a gym goer and then got into my running group went on to do a marathon and then she did the New York Marathon a couple of years ago and it was, she had a bad knee injury and probably shouldn't have done that marathon. You know, she had an injury about six months out. I think she may have even had an operation, but because she had the operation, she probably shouldn't have gone on to do a marathon, but she decided because New York's a very special thing that she did and the experience was, <clears throat> excuse me, the worst experience you could ever possibly hope to have now she finished it which you have to give massive respect to but it was a pretty horrible experience and then after the marathon the conclusion was that she kind of screwed a knee for the long term and that ultimately the choice of doing that marathon which proved to be a pretty horrible experience for her um probably damaged her long-term running career and so she moved away from running and you could tell Libby was really struggling with that because she is such a social soul and she gets so much from our group, um, not just for the physical side of it, but just for the friendships and the camaraderie and all that kind of stuff that comes with being a part of our group. And after about six months where she tried, I think, getting back into the gym and stuff, but just hadn't found that mojo again, she came back and she did our total beginner group. And you've got to give her respect for this because... You know, to go from someone who's ran marathons, and Libby's always been an exerciser her whole entire life, to go back to a total beginner. And, this, and our beginner, our 5K group is total beginner. You know, it, it really is. But it was also, you have to give her respect because she embraced where she what she had to do. And it was also quite a wise move because, because it was such a beginner program, it allowed her body to actually get back to running in a really safe way. And the great thing was it proved to be a really successful strategy because Libby then went back on to build back up to do the marathon again. And she went back to New York again. I think it was last year she went back and she completed the New York marathon 
in a way that she was really, really proud of herself. And I think she even did a time that she was hoping to do. Like, it was the total yin of the yang of the first experience, total opposite experience where she trained well, her body was good, um, the race experience was, she just smashed it out of the park. So it was a really cool thing. And then she came back from New York and, you know, like often after a goal period, you get into this place where you're just a little bit lost because you've had this big goal that you've worked towards and then you pull back and you're a little bit lost. And so she she trained for a half marathon and then she thought, well, will I do a marathon or not? And I said, well, give it a shot and give it heaps. So she decided to sign up for the Christchurch Marathon, which is in about another six weeks from now. And um, training, I think training's not been stellar. Not, not that it's been poor, because Libby's kind of always turns up. I don't know if the motivation's been stellar. Like, sometimes that's the hard thing when you've sat in an area for a long period of time. So Libby's done a few marathons there, and when you've done the New York Marathon, you've kind of hit the pinnacle of marathons at least big city marathon. So then the idea of doing Christchurch marathon, while it's a good gap filler goal, it may not be that much of a motivation because A, you probably know you can do it. B, the race isn't as appealing. You know, there's lots of reasons of why it may not be as much of a carrot. And so I kind of said to the Libby, well, you should make the goal to really do well in this marathon. Like, you know, set yourself a challenging goal aim to train hard in all the sessions so it's it's an evolutionary goal not necessarily a kind of time goal that you're trying to develop your ability to turn up to a session and deliver quality every time in that session so let me start on this journey well on that day a few weeks ago where i got my advice wrong to a lot of my runners for 4k to go and i told them they were going to have a tailwind and it turns out they had a headwind i saw libby with about four or five k to go and Libby so that day our runners did a baby of 16 it's maybe an 18k run and Libby had already done she was probably running about 26ks that day so she had already ran before the group and then she turned up and joined the group and she ran so I called her for about five k's ago she was probably about 21ks into her run at this stage and I said to her how are you feeling and she said Bev I'm fighting hard not to cry right now and uh, she said, also, I'm really thirsty. And, and she said after I, my, my call to her was, well, you can cry because then you can drink your tears. And she said that kind of helped because it made her laugh. And obviously, I hit Libby in a really tough moment. She was really struggling physically and mentally. Like that day, her run was a grind. It was just a bit shit, if we're going to use you know, swear words to describe it. She was in a really bad place physically. And then mentally, she was in a really bad place as well. So mentally, and partly maybe because the carrot wasn't as appealing, maybe, I'm not quite sure of why she was struggling so much, but she was just in that place. And you may know that place where you just kind of want to give up, you know, and you're teetering on that borderline. Like, the only negotiation is just don't give up. You know, that's you're not looking for quality in this moment. You're just trying to keep going. And that's where Libby was at in this moment. A, she was on the verge of tears. And, you know, the way I coached her could have taken her in a bad place or could have helped her through that place. And luckily, my bit of humor around drinking your tears seemed to kind of help because Libby likes a bit of humor. But one thing she said to me at that moment was, I'm not going to do the marathon. And this is a real example of 
when not to make a decision. Now, in this moment, Libby was kind of, I don't know if it's the lowest of the low, but she was in a very low place as a runner. She was really struggling as a runner. And in this moment, the idea of trying to continue on for another six weeks of training where you're struggling, where it's hard, you know, where the, the carrot may not be as appealing, it was really obvious that she should quit doing the race, that I'm not going to do this marathon. Emotionally drained, physically drained, my only choice is, why would I do this? Now, as a coach, in this moment, luckily I'm not in the same place as her, so I have the ability to be able to see what's really happening. And what's really happening is, is her choice to want to quit the, mo- the race is just a reflection of the moment she's in right now. So as a coach, what I had to do for her is I had to get her to remove the thought of the future away and just deal with the now. And and that's kind of what I talked to her about. I said, Lib, look, now's not the time to make the choice about that race. Now, you may decide after the fact that you don't want to do this marathon, but now is not the time to make that choice. The only thing you want to be doing right now is thinking about how you can successfully finish today's run. Uh, What can you do to get to the finish line in a way that you are happy with? That's the only thing you should be thinking about right now. Then you can go home, you can have a shower, you can have some food, you can get your body in a good place, get some good energy, and then you can assess if you want to do this race in a couple of weeks' time. And... Uh, as far as I know, Libby is still, I haven't actually had a chance to talk to her about this after the fact, but she did do a long run last weekend, so she did the extra run, so I'm assuming she's still doing the marathon, um, and she may still be struggling around the motivation, And that's, but that's her journey right now, and I kind of love that, but it was just one of those real moments, it was a real great example of, we need to get really good at thinking about when to make good decisions, or when to make big decisions. And what I'm talking about here is assessing when it's not a good time to make a big decision. And with the person I was talking about before who is doing some big work right now, they actually ended up making a big decision which cost them a lot of money. And it was a mistake. They made a mistake because they were so tired, they made a a decision which they probably shouldn't have made in that moment. And in the process, they locked in something that cost them a lot of money. And as soon as they locked it in, they realized they had made a mistake. And they would kind of beat themselves up. And that was another example of what I'm talking about here, is that we've got to be really good at realizing when we shouldn't make big decisions. That's, that's a really good point. What we, what we need to be aware of is when we shouldn't make big decisions in our life. And what we want to think about here is what are the cues that we are thinking about around this? So if I'm really really tired if I've been overworked I've been lacking sleep I've been you know mentally fatigued is that a good time to make a big decision in your life could be a big decision around relationships it could be big career decisions it could be athletic decisions it could be any decision in any area but the big decisions in your life Libby when I called her in that moment she was hugely tired hugely sore hugely over it hugely emotional This was not a wise moment to make a big decision. Now luckily for Libby in this moment, she had a coach come beside her who could see what was happening and could guide her through just win this moment and then think to reflect upon this decision after the fact. 
And that's probably my second point here. My second point here is, as you think about when you make decisions, the first thing, so the first point is, if you know you're in a bad place to make the decision, don't make that decision right now. The second thing is, you need to navigate out of the bad place. So for Libby, it was get through this run, get home, get some nutrition, have a shower, give yourself a couple of days, and then reassess if this goal was still important to you. So it was time. For the person who I was talking about with the work thing, it was, okay, this decision, I just need to get myself healthy with work first. So maybe I need to pull back on some hours, maybe I need to get some more support with my work, maybe I need to talk to my managers. But the decision that I'm thinking about making could probably wait a couple of weeks from now. So the first point is awareness that this is not a good time to make a decision. And it's a really important thing because the downfall is often we make the poorest decision in these moments. And then when we get back to fresh energy or a better place, we, we kind of regret that choice. But Libby could have quit. And then when she got to the marathon, she would have thought to herself, Do you know what, I really could have done this marathon. I'm really gutted that I didn't. Or this other person that I talked about who ended up actually losing potentially losing a lot of money because of a bad choice. They now feel bad about themselves because they made a bad choice around money. So the first thing is identify, is this the right moment? If you see that it's not, delay it. But the, the next step in the process is give yourself back to a good energy. So delay it until you're in a good place to make that decision. So I'm not in a good place, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, this is not a good place to make a decision, a big decision right now. The next point to go is, how do I get myself to a healthy place? So it might be sleep, it might be nutrition, it might be connecting with your world, it might be getting support around you. Then, once you find your good place, then look at the big decision. And you can look at how you make the decision, so you can do some assessment around what's the best way for me to make this decision. So maybe I need to do a cost-benefit analysis, maybe I had to you know, do some more thought around the deeper level. The funny thing is, is once you're in a good place, the rational decision is often quite easy. It's, it's actually not that hard. It's just when we're in a bad place. But you can see, if you think about yourself right now in your life, and you reflect upon those times where you've made big choices at the wrong time, what has been the cost upon your life? If you could have reflected back and thought to yourself, you know what, this is not the right time to make a choice, and that what I need to do is I need to think about getting myself in a good place, and then reflecting upon that choice, do you think you would make better choices? And this is something I, I think that this is something we should all be working on, is, you know, another good example is when you're struggling in a, with your partner. Like, we all have times where we struggle with our partner. If you're in a relationship, there's, there's times where you struggle with your partner. And in that time, you can, you know, you can have those thoughts about, well, you know, what if I'm not in this relationship or stuff like that. But there's not the time to make the choice. You've got to get yourself to a healthy emotional place before you make that choice. And often we do make these big choices in times that are actually not the wisest times. So... I'm just kind of thinking of lots of things here. It's the person who, who who signs up for some extreme way to get through, like weight loss, you know, some extreme diet where rationally, if you look at it, it's not a long-term solution. You you know that it's not a long-term solution, but you're in a place where you're really hating yourself with your body image right now. And so you just look at 
you know the best example to get me through this like I've got a I've got a client I worked with and one thing we worked with this client was they were really good at choosing the, the irrational way forward because they got to a place where they really dislike themselves so what they do is they just find the extreme way through which always failed and what we we worked on was like, well let's when you get to the place where you're really struggling with yourself is let's find a way through you navigating to a healthy place and then figure out the way through with the choices you make after that and it proved to be really successful because the thing about the extreme ways forward always they always failed and then once we worked on just deal with your emotions first and then make choices they found healthy ways forward that were more sustainable so that's the main I'm actually not going to do the bit about phones I might do that one a week because I've already done 40 minutes and I said look I said I was going to be a short show and it's already done 40 minutes so that's my main point and the main part of today's show. The, fir- the first thing to think about is when do you make big choices in your life? And if you were to think to yourself, what would be the best environment for me to make this choice in? Are you doing that when you make these choices? So if you make career choices, athletic choices, movement choices, social choices, all these types of things, what environment would would you ultimately be the best environment to you for you to make this choice in? Like, who would you surround yourself for, for for advice? What space would you want to be within yourself? How do you set up that space? You know, all of these types of things. Because ultimately these choices can have a massive influence on your life, in both the positive and the negative. And if we make it in the negative, and, and the, the person I'm talking about who spent the money and made choices in a really tired place, they're now having to deal with the regret of that choice and the cost of that choice. And that's, so that, that's a massive cost. And that's what we want to avoid. So my key point in today's main gist of the show is learn when you're in a place that's not a good time to make a choice. When you're in that place, identify it, delay the choice. Delay the choice. Okay, I'm going to think about this in the future. Then put your focus on what's the most important thing to do right now. The most important thing for Libby to do in that run was just to get through that run. It was just to get through that one where she could be successful. Uh, the most important person thing for the person who was working too hard was to manage their life in a way that gets them into a healthy place with their work-life balance. The most important person for the person who's struggling in their relationship is to find a healthy place for their relationship. Then look at making that choice. If we do this, then you get to the point where you're in a healthy place and you can reflect upon that choice. And I believe that if you're in that place, the choice becomes really easy and often the choice becomes really clear. And the things that were really appealing in the bad place seem really flawed in this place. So hopefully you get something from this because I think it's a really important thing to think about. When is the best time to make choices? When aren't? And how do I transfer between the two? I believe that if you do this, you can be a much better version of yourself. Right, I think that's the main gist of today's show done. Again, I I thought I was going to be short on content and I managed to pop out 45 minutes with it. <laughs> I do have the ability to talk. I, um, I've, I've been doing a webinar for my 5K product, my 5K dream, and um, 
uh, yeah, I've been doing a webinar, which a webinar, it's over an hour long, and I put a lot of work into this webinar because I wanted to make sure it was really, really valuable, and I might actually tell you guys about it in the next couple of episodes. Um, if you are wanting to run 5Ks and you want me to guide you through the experience, I've got a, a cool product called My 5K Dream, and it's very much a very, very thorough way to get you to run five, it's not just like an app that you download. It's like videos of strength and me, like mentoring sessions, me on video mentoring you and so on. Um, but I did a webinar for it the other day, and you know, like I taught basically nonstop for over an hour. And <laughs> uh, the one skill I do have in my life is the ability to be able to talk. And I was really proud of the webinar too. Like I think I did a good job, and um, not in an up myself way, but I always think that what you're trying to do is you're trying to help people move forward when you create content and in this webinar I put a lot of work into the prep and uh, I presented it and it was just really funny because I think I end up talking for like an hour 20 non-stop and uh, it's <laughs> talking has never been my struggle in life and it's funny just as I kind of get to 45 minutes in today's show I definitely didn't struggle so just to recap today's show there's some really important things to think about first of all if you haven't listened to that last episode, go back and have a listen to it because I'm learning a lot about myself from this two weeks of working on a character skill and I think that it's a trait that I'm going to continue on for the longest time because I see so much value in it. Uh, second point is think about adding sport to your life. Like seriously, uh, there's so much value in adding sport to your life. So that's the second point. And then the third point in today's episode is this point around when is the right time to make big choice, big, big decisions in my life, and when are the wrong times to make big decisions in my life. And if I know I'm in the wrong time, I want to make sure that I'm stopping, delaying decision, and dealing with the place I'm in within myself to get through to a healthier place, which then makes it a much healthier and more rational place to make big decisions in my life. If you can do that, you're going to avoid many of the negative costs of making poor choices because you are in a poor place. Now, if you want to email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. If you want to become a patron of the show, and once again, thank you to all the patrons of the show, just go to bevanjamesisles.com and you'll see there's a link to the Patreon page and it just, you go there and basically you can put as much or as little as you want to donate to the show. And every time I release a show, you just contribute a little bit of money towards that. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I will have Dr. Laura, Dr. Dua Lots, in on the episode in a couple of weeks from now. She's we're actually going to do the interview this Sunday coming up, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, so have a wonderful couple of weeks. I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. If you want to spread the word about show, iTunes reviews, we're on Spotify now. Any reviews on any of the platforms really help and uh, just spread the words on your social network as well. Anyway, that's Bevan out. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks time.